Dude, want to give out a huge thank you to everyone who downloads, listen to this show. We appreciate it so much, right, Eric? I love it. I love talking about the podcast, and I love talking about the listeners. I love bragging about you guys. I really appreciate the time that you guys take to listen and throw us ideas and throw us some thoughts on 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 what we're doing and and who we have on. I really appreciate that. Well, we just had a guest on, uh, Cynthia. Help me out, Burkett. Burkett. I was scared to say her name during the interview because I didn't. I always butcher names. I don't know if you have been listening to this show. No one can butcher the English language like I can. Both in. Uh, vocal and written words. Yes, absolutely. That is me, you know. But anyways, um, and it doesn't hold me back from doing this podcast. Uh, we had Cynthia on. She is in the United States Space Force, uh, a new branch to the military, and we talked about her involvement in it, her how she kind of got into it, um, and uh, how important the Space Force is and how important uh, to have that protection in outer space our satellites are up there how many things here on earth uh, uh, depend on those satellites depend on um, gps and all of those signals and our technology is going that way so why not have that defense the greatest army in the world not just here on earth but also in space so we we had an awesome conversation she was wonderful to talk to and uh, we hope you enjoy this episode on Cynthia and the Space Force. Yeah, that was cool. That So in talking about everyone, we're like, hey, this might be a laughable subject. And then she was really good at like helping us understand for a layman's term of how much we have, how much dependent we actually are on oh, yeah. space, thousands of miles away from us, and how much of that real estate we're actually dependent upon. And for all those young kids out there that listen to the show, uh, we talk about what you can be doing now in high school or possible college if the Space Force is in your future. Uh, she gave out some wonderful, helpful ideas on preparing yourself if that is the career path that you want to you wanna pursue. So anyways, it was a wonderful conversation. And once again, uh, huge gratitude for all of our listeners. We are so grateful for Everything you guys do, you follow us, you tell your friends about us, you listen to the show, and please keep tuning in. We are going to keep pumping out these awesome episodes. We got more coming, man. Yeah, this is going to be exciting. All right, thank you so much, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Sometimes you're flush, and sometimes you're bust, and when you're up, it's never as good as it seems, and when you're down, you never think you're going to be up again, but life goes on. Remember that. Money isn't real, George. It doesn't matter. It only seems like it does. All right. Now we're going. How's that? So I'd like to inter- introduce our, our guest tonight. We have a very special guest. Uh, her name is Cynthia Burkett. And uh, Cynthia, where are you coming to us from? Um, I'm at Vandenberg Air Force Base in California. Oh, yeah. Great. So Pacific time along with us um, out in the California desert. That's great. And um, in... And Cynthia, you're like, do you feel like when you're walking around town, do you feel like when you're in a car, you're like, you know what? I'm pretty cool. Like, hey, I do cool stuff and not everyone knows it. Do you ever feel that way sometimes? It's kind of a big deal if you don't know who I am. Yeah. 
So tell us a little bit. I actually bit. try to live like a normal life outside of the military. <laughs> oh. Like when I drive around, I, I don't want everybody to know. I kind of want to like live in a, a normal life when I'm not in uniform. Sweet. Yeah. So I reached out to Cynthia because she is in the newest, it, it's considered a military branch, correct? Yeah, the newest military branch, which is the U.S. Space Force. A, I mean, as the child in me goes, you know what? I have no idea what it does, but who doesn't want to be in the Space Force, right? And so, so Cynthia is one of is, is a real life person. She really does exist. A real life person, also. and she she has a. I guess you would call it a job. But uh, I don't know how you call it a job when you get to do cool stuff. I have no idea what she does, but she does get to wear a uniform that says U.S. Space Force. So, well, I, have you seen the show with Steve Carell yet? Oh, yes, of course I did. Before, <laughs> yeah. Before I even got into the Space Force, of course, I'm a huge Steve Carell fan. <laughs> Is it anything like that? We're going to start with the simple questions first. Episodes where they stretch a few things, um, but some of it could be somewhat accurate of like, you know, us being um, pretty much keeping an eye on our assets in space, like our satellites and stuff. Yeah. It's a real funny show. I really enjoy that show. (laughs) I I don't know how true it is, but I I was dying the whole way through it. So, Cynthia, give us a little background. How, uh, where did you grow up, and and were you always was your end goal always getting in the space force, or did it just happenstance come available? What was what? How was the trajectory to getting to where you are today? Yeah, so um, born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona, and um, I couldn't, I didn't really know what my purpose was, but I was always obsessed with space. Um, my dad kind of pointed out the stars and the planets when I was young, so. That was always kind of like a, a dream, but I didn't really think that was going to be something I pursued. And then uh, when I was in high school, I kind of figured out that I want to go in the Air Force. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I just want to do something bigger and better. And then um, so I joined a year after high school, and then I was in the Air Force for about eight years. And then that's when I commissioned to become a space officer, and that was still in the Air Force, um, but it it's kind of crazy because as it turns out, um, the day I graduated from my commissioning program was the day that the Space Force um, became a branch. So they're um, waiting on you, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, That's cool. Uh, and then with my job, um, so as I'm a space operations officer, and then there's also space operations on the enlisted side. Um, those two, like, it's pretty much the same career field is like almost like 100% um, transfer into the Space Force. It's like automatic unless the, pe- the people don't want to go on the Space Force because they signed up for the Air Force anyway. Um, so they have that choice of whether they want to or not. And surprisingly, not 100% didn't um, actually volunteer for that transfer. But of course I did um, because I was really excited. And uh, sure enough, I transferred last month. Awesome. Congratulations. And, and your husband, is he Space Force or is he just a normal uh, Air Force? Uh, no, uh, my, my husband is a proud Space Force dependent. <laughs> yeah. Loving his life as a dependent, but uh, he was Air Force when we met. Um, we were both enlisted when we met, and then he got out, but now he, he works for a contracting uh, company on base that supports 
I guess, the Space Force. So. Supports you. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Right. He, he's dependent through and through. He's like, I he support does, her. He, he wears my ring. Keep yeah. <laughs> awesome. So give it. So try to convert into layman. So like I, I communicated with you earlier, I actually asked around and I thought around here in town, there would be more people that know more about Space Force. Surprisingly, there's not. Can you give a like, so a layman and especially and if there's military, I'll try to convert for, for any of the listeners that don't know military jargon. But just think about some of our listeners. This is going to blow their minds that the Space Forces, they probably didn't even know. They're like, oh, I didn't have it marked on the calendar to um, what, what does the Space Force, do, uh, what, what does it do and what are some of its objectives? So... You know, the Space Force pretty much ensures America um, maintains kind of space superiority. And a lot of people think like, oh, we're kind of bringing war to space. But that's not really the fact. Um, it's just if, if I don't think a lot of Americans kind of sit back and think how reliant we are on space day to day whether it's, you know, through GPS when we use our phones to navigate us or pilots, you know, flying from airport to airport or um, using our apps on our phones and using our location, that's, we're getting our GPS from the satellites. And if, you know, our capabilities taken away, that's going to be catastrophic, you know, even day to day or even just our military capability of supporting um, our mission here or our mission overseas and, you know, protecting our troops. And that also goes for like communications on the satellite. There's a ton of satellite communications um, up there, and it's kind of the same thing. Like where it could disable our communications. Um, whether you want to talk to somebody on somewhere else in the world, you know, like kind of long distance, or even our communications with our military abroad. Um, and if we lose that capability, that'd be catastrophic. Um, and even weather too. What there's a lot of weather satellites up there that um, we predict, um, like natural disasters, like hurricanes and stuff like that. So if we lose that capability, we can't give people any sense, you know, time to prepare or you know get out from a certain area um, where a natural disaster may occur. So um, lately, um, I'm not sure exactly how many years, but there are countries and people in the world who are like seeking to threaten our freedom and liberty and justice for, um, for all by denying, degrading, or preventing the peaceful use of our space capabilities. And so the Space Force preserves and protects and defends our capabilities. Um, and by setting up also a new branch of the Space Force, it uh, kind of moves us more, it gives us more equity and advocacy, um, you know, especially um, in the headquarters in Washington um, to make sure that we are not underrepresented, like funding wise and, and stuff like that. So we, we kind of have a, a fight for what our capability is. So hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, no, no that makes sense. Perfect sense. Uh, quick question. This is a little bit more advanced question. So last week they announced um, this projects of uh, uh, rocket, ref not re uh, refueling, but to rocket, um, uh, transcontinental rockets being able to transport goods to, you know, troops overseas. Is that, 
under the Air Force branch or Space Force? Because it would be, I mean, it would, in order to get transcontinental, we're talking, you know, ballistic and also, uh, you know, rockets that were previously going to the moon now would be repurposed to um, restock our troops overseas. Do you know? Anything about that? I'll have to dig into it. Yeah, I'll send you. Wait the a minute—they're putting goods and rockets and then launching it to troops. Yes, that's yep. kind of cool. that's the next stage. And so instead of it taking days to get to, you know, um, uh, Cynthia, what's the what's a huge, huge uh, cargo plane? Oh, it, like C seventeen or C one thirty. Yeah, even yeah, bigger than yeah. Um, so instead of having those, they're talking about replacing those with rockets that can actually transcontinental wow. uh, uh, supply uh, supply rockets. So that's kind of cool. And so all of that would be super dependent, like you said, on the satellites, the GPS communications. Um, another quick. This might be a funny question. Um, most people don't know, but there is a lot of satellite debris around the around the Earth. Is that going to be part of our job too? Or are we going to have cleanup duty? Man, it's so funny you say that. That it's really weird, but space trash is my passion. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. So uh, I didn't realize how much passion I did have just for space when I started my degree, and it was actually in space studies, which is offered through American Military University. And um, one of my papers was on space debris, and it's just insane how much stuff we have up there. And it's even crazier that um, we're launching, um, like Elon Musk is launching, you know, hundreds and thousands of satellites for his, you know, um, uh, internet service and stuff like that. And it's just going to cause even more and more debris. And not only is it going to be more difficult, and that's kind of one of the positions as a Space Force member, you could be uh, assigned in space domain awareness. And then that's where you're kind of tracking all the satellites, making sure there's not any collisions, just monitoring traffic in space pretty much, which could be really hard. Um, But yeah, as it gets more and more crazier, it's harder to track or um, it could cause more damage. Or that's kind of in the case where like, what if a GPS satellite hits you know another gps satellite or you know those um collisions occur that's where it's getting more difficult for us um so we're so my my main uh kind of goal especially with my instagram and and my career is that i want to kind of network and make some kind of way to have like a space garbage man or (laughs) whether it's a robot or a real person (laughs) nice i don't know but uh, that's definitely my passion is just to kind of help clean up and take care of like space like we take care we should be taking care of our earth you know that's awesome and so speaking of that I, and I have a limited knowledge and so uh, so some of my questions may be basic is so f- for many many decades um, I started off so we were one of the, the crazy families in my neighborhood where we had the huge 12-foot satellite dish and got free TV, and that was the that was the allure of you know satellites because we would get free stuff where everyone else was paying for it, or they only had like five channels, and we would get more. And then I told my parents, I was like, "Wow, you know what? We have a satellite dish. I think you know I can do stuff on the I, on the on this internet that's coming out." I never did it because 
it took way too much programming and I didn't want to have to study programming like cobalt before even cobalt. It was, um, uh, C tran, you know, C plus and C tran, like all the basic, uh, programming, but that was almost my career. I was almost going to be a, 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 a programmer nerd. Oh yeah. Yeah. You fit the profile. And then there's this movie in the eighties <laughs> where there's a, there's a movie in the eighties where this kid figures out, Hey, if I gather all the half cents, like on a trailing transaction, he gathered up all the like point zero zero ones that are left out there on a transaction. And he used his computer to add these up and he made millions of dollars. Then, then my stepdad was like, Hmm, if you could do that, <laughs> that would be, that would be worthwhile. And, uh, and, and at the time there was no internet. So that was, it was a little fictitious, but, um, uh, what I was going to say is back then, cause I, I, you know, having the satellite made us part of the cookie group that, that, uh, had a big satellite dish in their backyard. And so as of right now, you talk about cleaning up the debris. Is it still just a protocol to let the satellites, Hey, when they, when they die out of fuel, they'll drop and will think they're a falling star. Is that still the protocol or? So that's another big issue um, that we're trying to tackle because of course, you know, for like, uh, so it's supposed to be an international um, courtesy to leave enough fuel in a satellite to decommission it. And whether it's all the way out in geo, which is the furthest, you know, away from earth, um, it needs to have enough fuel to push it um, pretty much away where it goes and starts to float off into space. Um, or you need to have it where if it's in the Leo or Heo, um, when it's, you know, closer to Earth, you need to have enough fuel where it'll, you know, go into the Earth's atmosphere and eventually um, burn up. And it's kind of hard, you know, especially with, you know, China and Russia and other countries where we don't exactly, you know, get a lot or we don't agree with a lot of things um, that we do that they may not you know follow that courtesy yeah so um and and i'm not saying like all of americans you know that launch stuff into space we follow that courtesy also but um a lot of things cause space debris whether it's like the stage boosters you know once they like remove from remove remove until the actual satellites in space um and like collisions that's happened before that they that's all the particles from that are still floating around space and it's crazy that even like the size of like debris that's like the size of a little paint chip, if that were to hit the International Space Station, um, it, it'll um, not shatter the glass. Yeah, it'll kind of like cause like a spider web, mm-hmm. like on the International Space Station. Um, so that's definitely what the Space Force, uh, where we want to create like a policy um, and show pretty much the world that we're serious about protecting everything up there. And hopefully getting everybody on the same page um, to kind of help that issue um, from growing or maybe help working as a team to clean it up. Fabulous. I don't think people realize how much we do rely on them. I'm, um, my background is a little bit more construction and uh, everything is done by GPS. The Even down to guys who check your meters, your water meters, your power, all that a truck just drives down the street and gathers that information all done by GPS. So if we don't protect our own stuff up there, the chances of them messing with our infrastructure, our day to day, our water systems, everything like that. I mean, that 
when you were saying that, that really got me thinking like how dangerous that can be. You knock out some key satellites that, that control these kind of big equipment in large city areas, stuff like that. Just the basic stuff like, like water and power and all of this stuff. I mean, you can really upset, you can upset our way of life, but not only that, you can really, I mean, it can be dangerous, really dangerous. It's extremely catastrophic for sure. Like power grids, um, banking, like Mm -hmm. banking relies on GPS because every time you go to the ATM, pull cash or any movement that happens, like there always has to be a timestamp on it. You know, um, even farming, uh, like I think America is like the most dependent on GPS for farming, but, um, it's all across the world also where farmers use it for their crops, you know, more effective. So yeah, it's, I mean, it would shut the world down. And that's that's what's scary of how, you know, reliant we are on them. So uh, I, I watched a special, like, I think I watch too much TV. He is. I apologize. I but, apologize. I try to get him to go to the gym more instead of right. watches TV. There, there's TVs in the gym. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Anyways, uh, on Netflix, uh, they, they just had the special on the Challenger and the problems that they had. But it goes into a little bit more that we've had a space kind of space race with, uh, I hate to say just our enemies, but kind of our enemies for many years. And space has always been that kind of playing ground against us and Russia and some of the other countries of who's going to be there first, who's going to get up there first, even from when we were trying to get to the moon, who is going to get there first. But it, it, it goes back to we've, we've, we know how important it is, but we keep trying and trying and trying. And obviously, it's gotten better over the years. But uh, I thought that documentary on the Challenger, and I was a little kid at the time. I remember being in elementary school yeah. and it being such a big deal, a teacher going up in the space. And I remember that whole year before uh, the Challenger uh, took off that every class we were talking about space. We built little models of the Challenger. We, we did all of this space-related learning in, in school, and then, and then being one of those little kids watching that was quite, you realize how dangerous of a job it is, but, uh, but also how important it is not to give up, figure out your problems, figure out what happened, and then make it better. Because people may not realize after that Challenger accident, we went back up there like 80 more times. And, and that, that shuttle program was extremely successful after that, even though having a couple other problems. So Absolutely. pretty important. Mm-hmm. Will you get, uh, have you, so, you know, if I, was a, if I was a teenager thinking about, oh, hey, I want to get into Space Force, maybe that's the easiest way for me to uh, maybe have an opportunity at, being in space how plausible is that well not well not for an enlisted guy i'll tell you that yeah <laughs> you can't go into a recruiter's office and say i want to walk on the moon i don't think it's going to work that way <laughs> i mean correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> so it it's just all so new um and it's, it, it's not very fair for me to talk a lot on it but i will say um that very high senior leadership but uh, General Raymond, um, General Whiting, um, higher leadership in the Space Force. Um, they have referenced publicly in, um, on news articles and discussions and briefings towards us 
that they do um, see future of Space Force members, you know, going into space, whether it's in orbit, um, kind of doing, I, I don't know if we're going to be doing stuff with satellites or if it's on the moon, um, whether we, once we, you know, get back up onto the moon and, you know, po- you know, possibly doing the moon base for the Artemis mission um, or what it is. Um, they're pretty vague, which are really good at being pretty vague. Yeah. Um, Boots on Mars, right? Possibility. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so another question I had with that is, um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, and I, I, I love the fact too, Cynthia, like you have developed on your Instagram or developing on your Instagram, all this interest. And, uh, and that's what, what draw me, drew me to you. Cause I mean, when you were like displaying the space force, I was like, Oh, she is a cool person. And, uh, and so, you know, I could just imagine a kid going, you know what, I want to join the space force for this reason, you know, but then on the, on the other side, I was even thinking about, so we have our cell phones, we have our banking, we have so much involved. Um, I've read a lot of articles on future mining expeditions that are lining up behind you guys to the different minerals, titanium, uh, and different minerals that are on moon that they're going to be expecting to mine. And you'll have to figure that out. Um, and, and so, uh, how many, how many, how many, um, in, in being part in space force, how many bases participate in the space force program? Does that make sense? Yeah, so we're still, there's still a lot of moving pieces. Like, we don't even know what our, we are referred to as. Right now, we're space professionals, you know, like how Air Force is airmen. So there's yeah. there's a lot of still, a lot of um, stuff that needs to be released. Um, but as of right now, uh, they're primarily. Um, you should, like you the, should, you should lobby for astronauts. You know, if you're in the Space Force, <laughs> we're astronauts. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> Uh, people are saying Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I like that one. Yes. Yes. But so they're pretty much keeping like where the majority of space professionals are, you know, um, at Air Force bases. That's pretty much going to be like the Space Force. They're they're referred to as garrisons now. Um, so you have the Peterson Schriever Garrison in Colorado. So it's kind of Colorado Springs area. Yeah. And then you have the Buckley Garrison, which is at Denver, Colorado. And then, um, they, but they're still like Air Force, like I'm still like at Air Force Base, but they're they're still working to change it. Um, but it's pretty much like wherever we have space um, professionals that's, and they have like a very strong space mission, it's going to be the same, the same. They're just changing the names, but it's pre- uh, predominantly in Colorado. California and Florida. You think anything's going to come to Nevada? Nevada has a very big Air Force, uh, what would you say, influence here. Contingency is what yeah, I Yeah, I mean, say. we do a lot of uh, fun things here from red flag exercises to all kinds of even international type of Air Force-related type stuff with Nellis here being a, a very large base. Creech. Creech. Creech is a large. Do you know Creech is almost as big as Nellis? Yes, yeah. I drive by it all the time. I know you do. That's why I asked. So, <laughs> did did you know that Cynthia that that Creech is is one of the two large? Uh, I mean, you're you probably already knew that that you know Creech is a huge drone uh, base. So mm-hmm. it's got two squadrons for. Yeah, I go to Vegas a lot, but I don't go for the bases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. 
yeah, no, I knew that. But as far so we're still looking for uh, like a space force like headquarters, not like the Pentagon headquarters, but like you know yeah. where our space force, you know, yeah, headquarters. And I'm pretty sure that it was either 26 or 27 states put a bid in for that, and we have yet to hear from that. Hmm. Um, I, I would just assume that you're probably coming to Nevada. I could see Creech, once again, not that we're trying to sell it on anyone. Creech is a gorgeous base, brand new buildings. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. It, it, it's it's a high-tech, wonderful base, but there's some prettier places than southern Nevada. I mean, like, like that's a bad part of Nevada. What are you talking about? It's I love just out there. It is, not, it is not gorgeous out there. It's rocks and hills and, like, yeah, there's like people find desert like really pretty. Yeah, it's like a lunar escape. Uh, yeah. uh, it's like a, it's like, see, it's just like okay, space. Yeah. It's like a I, lunar. I guess, it, I, I guess if you want the best feeling about living on the moon, move to Indian Springs, Nevada. Yeah, Indian yeah. Springs would be yeah. phenom- phenomenal. Yeah, that's and what then, the moon looks like with the high school on it. Yeah, and, and, and on top of that, <laughs> it's right down the street from Area 51. So when the other space force from the other planets come, boom, they're right down the street. That place doesn't exist. You know that. I know that. Right. I've just heard it on, on those documentaries. So. Sorry, we get carried away sometimes. No, no, no. It's good. Yeah. How often do people ask you if you're at Area 51? Do you get that all the time? They're like, oh, are you going to Area 51? I don't. I think probably throughout my career, I've, I could count on one hand. If, yeah, people asking me if I know about Area 51 or if it's real, but. Nothing crazy. It's all speculation. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Always. What's, uh, what, what do they call that government uh, area? If you go to the gate, what is it What is it called? It's not called Area 51. I have no idea. Uh, I'm trying to think of the official, unofficial name. We'll just stick with Area 51. You got me. Alien on. jerky. So. Oh, Rachel, Nevada? Oh, Rachel, Nevada. Yeah. So. That's not a gate. That's a city. Well, a town. Town. Yeah. So. But anyways, no, that's awesome. I, you know, I remember when, when President Trump announced that, it, it got a, a few laughs. Like, really? Like, are we really doing this? You know, kind of thing. And and with everything that's going on, it, it just, maybe it was always in the works, but it, for the general public, it kind of came from left field. Like, we had no idea this was coming. Then all of a sudden, he announces, boom, there's a Space Force. And it, it kind of sounded silly at first, I'll be honest with you. And I kind of even rolled my eyes like, what the heck is going on? But that was yesterday, by the way, that he's talking about. <laughs> until this conversation. Yeah, until no. this conversation. <laughs> but at the same time, the more you think about it and how, like we just talked about, how critical space is and satellites and GPS and technology. And not just that, but our whole futures go into that. The cars, trucks, automation. AI, all of this stuff that I kind of really don't understand is all going to that. Why not be the first one out there protecting it, taking care of our assets and doing the things you know we need to do? Because if our enemies is going to use that to attack us, why not be the first ones there? Uh, I, I'm a huge history buff. I love history. And when John Adams became president, his passion was the Navy. He wanted to build the Navy. And a lot of people just did not want that. And they fought him on it and fought him on it. And he had to borrow money from France and other places to build these frigates to put together a Navy. And at the time, 
as a brand new country, we felt like we didn't need a Navy. Why do we need to get on the water? Now today we look back and we think, how awesome is it that we have a sweet Navy that, that we can move massive ships and cargo all over this world and how important that was. But at the time, he, he was even kind of laughed at or put down for wanting to create a U.S. Navy. So it, it's, it's kind of, I feel like kind of the same thing. And that's how lucky you are to be a part of history a little bit of this pioneer type of group going into a place that's, it's not totally unknown, but it is kind of some unknown territory. Yeah, and I get, you know, um, a lot of different reactions on my Instagram and uh, my YouTube a little bit. Um, You know, there's still people laughing, and I mean, I get it. Like, there's a lot of, whether it's, like, politically biased or whether it's, um, you know, just the affiliation with Star Trek, Star Wars, um, with the final frontier and everything, um, or maybe it's just that they're just not really informed or like in the know, um, and which is completely fair because it's just so new. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of information on it. Um, but there's actually like a couple of good sources. The biggest thing that would really, um, kind of open your eyes, it's called, uh, war in space, the next battlefield. And that was through CNN and you can find it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a huge eye opener pretty much, you know, what's, maybe, like, maybe what's text me now. if you could text me some links, Cynthia, so we could add those to, uh, this episode. And so some reference points for our listeners, that would be great. Just in case there are someone that somebody that wants to, you know, find out more about it and, uh, and investigate it more, that would be great. And then, you know, we were kidding about the, the kid that wants to go to the moon. Hey, sign me up. I want to go to the moon or I want to go to Mars. Is there possibilities, like, because it is so new, um, if someone does ask you, hey, I want to be in the Space Force, do you do you send them to an Air Force recruiter and then jump over? Does everyone have to go to Air Force first is, is my question. No. So just recently, they had the first Space Force recruits um, that just did the oath um, at the MEPS, and I think they're, you know, on their way to basic training, but it's the same basic training as Air Force. Um, I'm actually going to be meeting with a Space Force recruiter um, in like a month from now to get a little bit more information because that's a lot of people's questions is like, how do like, like how do I start this process? Who do I get in contact with? But there is Space Force.mil and you can get in contact there. Um, there's probably a link for a recruiter and they have like a list of careers that are available. So I'm sure that's a good way to start. Um, but as far as, um, like how to set yourself apart or like to get six, be successful in enlisting or wanting to commission in the space force, I don't have like good answers for that. Um, but there is a direct route through the space force recruiting, but it's super new and there's not going to be as many space force recruiters because the number is significantly low compared to air force recruits per year. Um, just because it's going to stay very small and tight organization. So to add on to his question, if a kid is in high school now and maybe wants to do that, what kind of stuff can he do now to prepare himself? Like what kind of, what type of a person are, is the Space Force looking for? More computer-based, technology-based? What can he be, classes he could be taking or things he could prepare himself so when that recruiting starts and things start moving, or if he wants to be an officer, what kind of college classes would he be able to take? 
And see, that's kind of the, the, the good question that I've been getting a lot. And I don't want to say this is the right answer. Um, but at least as of now, they've been looking at like STEM degrees or STEM backgrounds. So okay. whether you have a strong suit in science, technology, sorry, whether you have a strong, um, you what know, does STEM stand for? Science, technology, engineering, or math. Mathematics. Math. Uh, okay. Yeah. I and, didn't go uh, through it. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, uh, they really look at that and especially um, like on a commissioning side, they want to look for like leadership backgrounds um, where you've, you know, maybe been a part of different extracurricular activities or, you know, depending on even just jobs, like what kind of jobs you've had, like position wise. Um, so it's just really, they want to look first. They want somebody that goes above and beyond. That's a very self-motivated um and obviously like have like smart like you don't have to be a genius um yeah but they do they just you know want that motivation and they can see that on a piece of paper you know depending on how many organizations you're a part of or you know what you you know your high school gpa um stuff like that okay quick other question you alluded to it earlier about elon how much um how much crossover or how much interaction are you predicting Space Force to have with SpaceX program? Oh, here, you guys are asking like such great questions. I'm loving it. Uh, so this <laughs> one I'm like super excited about. I, I alluded to it um, on my last YouTube video. Um, but there was uh, General Whiting. Um, he told um, He told us that they're working on finding a way to um, work on retention. So a big issue, especially in the Air Force now, um, even like even in the, on the space realm side of the house, people want to get out. Like they, they go into the military, get four or six years of experience, and then they get out work for a contracting company because they pay more, right. or they don't be sick of traveling. You know, they're like, all right, I can stay here, work for this company, and I don't have to move, and I'm getting good money. Um, so he's saying that um, in order to keep space professionals and kind of to benefit both sides he wants to work on like transition programs and by that it means you know if you were to join the space force and you know do so many years and you want to go work for spacex or um, any of those other companies for let's say two or three years you can go you know just get out of space force go work for that company kind of you know yeah work full-time with them and then once you're done come back to the space force and then you know work three years back kind of thing, um, pay back for that time that was away kind of thing, um, which benefits both sides because not only um, are they able to experience that outside um, to set them up for maybe retirement later on, you know, working for the company, introducing themselves, but they also bring that um, mindset and technology um, and experience back to the Space Force, and it really helps with that innovation piece. Um, and I mean, we already have like a tight knit relationship with, you know, NASA and stuff like that. So we do partner with them already, but it really benefits just the, that personnel um, retention. That just makes a, a lot of sense. Going back to, uh, you know, I'm not trying to sell Nellis or Creech, but did you it know? Sounds like it. Hey, always could always be closing. You got some houses close to the base that you want to sell. Don't yeah. You? yeah. Hey, <laughs> Cynthia, do you know that we actually have a space company here in Las Vegas as well? Did you know that? No. Who is it? Uh, yeah. The company starts with a B, but he owns Siegel Suites. He's a billionaire. 
and he also yeah it's off of uh uh it's off of cheyenne and uh, martin luther king they've got a huge huge uh oh. establishment and uh, a friend of mine works for uh works for the company and the owner comes in at like five leaves at like nine every day he's like totally you don't know the name of it oh, i can't think i should have jotted it in my notes i apologize cynthia but it's uh but just the fact that we actually have a space company here as well, in addition to Nellis and Creech. And, and it's actually a side industry that most people don't know um, that, you know, how much actually goes on and where it goes on is. I'm going to really butcher this, but Big, Bigelow? Yeah, Bigelow Aeronautics. Yep, that's there it. it. Is. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so right. Bigelow Aeronautics is, is located here in Las Vegas and, and uh, on the north part of town. So, hmm. That's pretty interesting. And so, and, and also I think that emphasizes too. So you, you see that, you know, you have SpaceX, you have Bigelow, and I think there's four or five other, uh, let's call them space companies. And then fast forward like two years later, now there's a space force. And so you can see this burgeoning industry. A lot of times people are like, Hey, I want to predict the future, right? I want to be Karnak when I grow up. And it's funny because when you tell people like you're talking about this, Oh, uh, this is so silly, Space Force. You know, you guys are going to greet the aliens to uh, understanding. Oh, did you go buy duct tape today at Lowe's? Yes, I did. Great. Do you know where that came from? How does that WD-40 work in your garage? Love it. <laughs> Those are all products that came from the space programs. So. Yeah. yeah I mean, even just like stuff like inter the International Space Station. I, I mean, I can't name them off, but... Um, there's like crazy, like random technologies. Like there was like a water filtration that whatever was developed in the International Space Station. And that's helping people globally, you know, in all these rural, rural areas where it's like third world countries um, that's helping them have more, you know, actual drinkable water. Um, just random stuff like that, that people are not aware of just space um, scientific uh, breakthroughs and technology. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, awesome. hey, Cynthia, we got to wrap up. We're almost done uh, with our Zoom meeting. It was great having you on. We'd love Thank to have you, you back much. as well. Maybe if you, you know, if you have some cool stuff coming out that you could share, you know, or that you can or almost can share, you know, you got some stuff that, <laughs> yeah. that you I know, cannot confirm or deny. Yeah, <laughs> right. That, we don't want you to kill us or anything. Yeah. <laughs> don't be shooting us with a laser. From I can up tell there. you, but I'm going to have to kill you. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun at all. But uh, uh, do you mind us putting your uh, Instagram handle on the, the notes of the bio? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. So maybe people can hit you up that way. And we'll also put uh, some other links on there so uh, people can get more information about the Space Force or about Cynthia. Yeah. Awesome. Great having you on today, Cynthia. Yeah, of course. It was nice to meet you guys. Thank All you right. very much. You too.